From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 40. This show is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vatici of MacStories.net. Hi, Federico. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really good. I'm, I've got uh, something exciting to talk about at the yeah, end of the show today. I know. I you send me you send me a picture, and I'm super jealous of you today, uh, Mike. I'll tease it. Now. Splatoon arrived this morning. Yeah, not just Splatoon, but a whole lot of Splatoon. Oh, I got yeah. It's what I bought on the show: the amiibo and the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. I'm going to talk about Splatoon a little later on. But I do have a couple of pieces of follow-up for you first, though. Because I asked you to to check on the follow-up, mm-hmm. and you you provided me with uh, two two nice pieces of follow-up. So the first one is a question from uh, listener Superlove. Superlove, yeah. And Superlove, Superlove. asked, uh, which platform, and he was asking this to you, would you recommend mm-hmm. playing Final Fantasy Tactics on Vita or iOS? See, that's a tricky question, because... It's so much easier to buy the game on the App Store. But I wouldn't recommend playing, you know, these sort of games that come from the PlayStation era on iOS uh, simply for for two reasons. One, the controls. I think this is the kind of game that is better with physical controls because you're going to navigate a lot of menus, uh, either to, you know, during battles or in the inventory uh, to manage your team members. So... The first reason is the physical controls. The second reason is I don't trust Square Enix when it comes to iOS games. Uh, It it gives me more confidence to buy this kind of game on PlayStation. The the problem is Final Fantasy Tactics was a PlayStation uh, game. So on the first PlayStation. And it was uh, ported with an enhanced remake on the PSP. called the War of Lions, I think, uh, and it got like some extras, a bunch of new anime-like videos, uh, and you can play the game on the Vita. I, I don't recall being like a, a, fa- a proper Final Fantasy Tactics on Vita, so it, should, it must be the, the PSP game on Vita. Um, ideally, I would say try to find the original game with a good PSP and play, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics on the PSP, but otherwise just... You know, go on Vita. Maybe the resolution won't be perfect, but it would still be better and more recommended for from me uh, than you know buying the game from Square Enix on on the App Store. Yes. So if you can try to find P- a PSP, otherwise go with Vita. And then from Daniel, and uh, he was commenting on the Dragon Ball game that you mentioned. Um, he believes <laughs> that it's the uh, Dragon Ball GT Final Bout was the game yeah, that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the game, and it was terrible. I I looked it up on Wikipedia. I saw the images, and it was just amazingly ugly. And you know, there's a there's a trend uh, in the in, at least I noticed in the past year uh, in graphic design called low poly which stands for low polygon. It's mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever seen those types of like 3D models with very low on polygons and they look all, you know, like well, old school. It's like polygon. <laughs> it's like it's like but polygon. This is the, like the way that they designed all the avatars and stuff for polygon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you go to Dribble, you know, the 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 platform for designers to share mockups, uh, you'll see a lot of designers, especially in the past year, sharing a low poly kind of artworks. And this game could be low poly in a way, maybe. It's just ugly and it was terrible, but we had a lot of fun playing this game. 
So thank you, Daniel. Cool. Mike, I have some some links for you before we discuss a bunch of games. Okay. So we talked about for the past couple of weeks about Blood Bloodstained, which is the Kickstarter campaign for a game by uh, Castlevania creator Koji Garashi, and we talked about also um, being uh, an quote-unquote indie uh, company on Kickstarter and raising millions of dollars uh, just, you know, to to change the perspective on people that you only need that kind of money to make a a big game when instead you need to go back to to investors and ask for more millions of dollars. And there's a follow-up article from Wired and Bloodstained could be on track to become the biggest, the most funded game on Kickstarter ever. So right now, uh, the most funded game still is Torment Tides of Numenera. Numenera, I think, yeah. Uh, by Inksile Entertainment. It was a campaign from two years ago, uh, raised over $4 million, and it was a, you know... Two years ago, people were still kind of high on Kickstarter. Uh, there was a Kickstarter fever. Everybody was excited about, you know, game creators using crowdfunding campaigns to make games. And it, especially since last year, uh, people are kind of more skeptical of Kickstarter because they, they saw the delays. They saw uh, many ga- many developers that failed to deliver on those promises. And... So it's harder to raise that kind of money. And initially, it seemed like... Um, Yukan Lely uh, was on track to become uh, a new a new record for games on Kickstarter, but Bloodstained, as the author on Wired notes, has, has um, more money for each individual backer on Kickstarter, and it could become uh, the biggest the biggest campaign, which is <laughs> quite amusing because it's not a real crowdfunding campaign. It's just, as we talked about, it's, it's just to prove a point because the, the company that, ha- that, that that is making the game uh, with Koji Garashi is actually, you know, they have investors, they have publishers giving them more money. So it's quite, you know, there's, a, there's irony to the fact that this game could become the biggest, the most funded Kickstarter campaign ever on Kickstarter, but actually <laughs> that's not... Uh, the money they need. They need more and they have investors, they have publishers behind them. So you know, Kickstarter. I don't know I don't know what to think of Kickstarter for games anymore. Uh it's a I it's a marketing machine. That's all it's it a is. marketing it's all yeah, it it's, now. It's a shame. It, it is changed, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, big companies, and Nintendo marketing machines. and marketing machines, Nintendo is doing a humble bundle. So it's basically had us frozen over and <laughs> Ni- Nintendo is doing a humble bundle it's the real deal it's on the humble bundle website uh, you can you can pay what you want as usual with this uh, with this system and there's a uh, 3ds games Wii U games all independent games so it's called the Nintendo Nindy bundle i think yeah you know nindy uh-huh. nintendo indie and um, what's interesting is if you look at the web page so it's a humblebundle.com um, you can see that it seems like most people are buying the 
So you can offer what you want, of course. You can pay $1 and you get the basic list of games. But if you pay more than $10, you unlock more games. And if you pay the average um, amount of dollars that people are giving, you unlock even more games. And because the average is, uh, I checked last night and it was about $9, it seems that people are buying, you know, the $10 kind of version of this bundle uh, so they can unlock more games which is cool because it means people are not like freeloaders they're, they're giving money to i mean it's it's a crazy good deal it's still ten dollars for even more than f- five or six games i think so it's a crazy good deal and but i saw some people mike were upset yeah why it's region locked to of course. Uh, the, the the u.s that's the mm-hmm. only place you can buy it it's u.s only right now which is really frustrating um, but that's kind of all they've done. And there's an article from Polygon where apparently Nintendo of America, like somebody from Nintendo of America, a guy named uh, Damon Baker, who is the overall marketing and strategic planning program person uh, at Nintendo of America, said, um, we tried for months to make it global, but we'll get there eventually. Like, I don't even understand how it's a problem. It's a company... Well, I mean, actually, I do know how it's a problem. But I mean, like, from the outside, you look at it and like, what? What do you mean you tried? Like, you are the decision makers, right? Nintendo yeah. makes the decision along with the with the humble bundle people, because the humble bundle people are not going to be like, nah, we only want US only. They're going to want everyone, right? Yeah. So it's obviously it's a Nintendo problem. And so I say I don't understand how it happens, but I do know how it happens because Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Europe and Nintendo of Japan may as well be three different companies that just sell the same games. That's how these things are done with these huge multinational corporations. They they operate in their own thiefdoms, which is why they're obviously not going to be able to get it done because of all the bureaucracy between them. But it's so frustrating and just as another indication of why in 2015, with digital purchases, there should not be region locking. Yeah, I totally agree. They At least it would have been nice to kind of to start a region-free initiative with the with the humble bundle like i don't know that nintendo doesn't do region free stuff but it would have been nice if they made an exception this time and they didn't it's like it's not even about it necessarily being region free in the way we're thinking because you know there's not like one file that you download and then it needs different certification or whatever all of these games are certified to be available in stores around the world so just put the offer across all of them it's crazy or Absolutely just ask crazy. people which which store are you yeah. which version of the eShop do you have? Yeah. And let I mean, me choose. This, yeah. This is purely just a corporate bureaucracy problem that yes. they, they cannot fix because yeah. that's how these companies work. Yeah. So that's frustrating. Too, too bad. Um the we also talked about the Oculus Rift pricing and yep. the fact that you're gonna have to buy a gaming PC. Uh, to enjoy Oculus games and, of course, the Oculus itself separately. And this week at the re- at the Code Conference, uh, CEO Brendan, how do you pronounce this? Iribe. Uh, <laughs> Iribe. Yeah, we'll go with that. Iribe. Um, the CEO of Oculus uh, kind of hinted at the final pricing for. Uh, the gaming PC and the Oculus, and he said you're gonna pay thousand and five hundred dollars. Yeah. So fifteen hundred dollars for the the entire system, and so 
this is not the pricing of an, uh, an all-in-one setup made by Oculus. It's just his estimation. Oh, I, the... I reckon that they're partnering with someone. Oh, I don't know. Like Alienware or Dell. Probably. And, and you'll buy be. like a branded Oculus gaming PC, yeah. which is perfectly specced. That's what I reckon they're going to do. Because it would be crazy if they didn't. Like, they don't have to make it, just, but you should partner it, with someone. It would be crazy if they just told people, yeah, whatever, make your own PC and then buy the Oculus. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't I make could... any sense. Like, I think that if you really want to make a bang for it, even though that's a lot of money, yes. they should have some sort of partnership with somebody to, to package it all up together. Yeah. So, according to Polygon's estimation, you're going to pay you're going to pay $1200 for a PC and $300 for the Oculus. Mm-hmm. So, the Oculus should be in line with the price of, you know, consoles. Which maybe. is crazy because it's a peripheral. It's crazy. That's what it is. Nothing's happening in that thing. Well, there's a lot of computing, I guess. Yeah, but I mean like the game isn't happening in there. N- no. You know? It's it's just showing you the game. Yeah, to to people, they don't know all the complex stuff going on. They just see it as a, you know, as a VR helmet in a way, and the, I don't know. I'm I'm still skeptical on VR for gaming. I think it's taking off because the technology is possible. I'm I'm still not sure. I want to completely isolate myself from reality. Uh, I'm also curious because I'm fascinated by the technology. I think it's awesome that it's possible. I'm not sure like about the social impact and when it comes to the Oculus itself, I'm not sure about having to 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 buy a PC. Uh, that's the like the biggest hurdle for me would be the gaming PC. Um, so I, I'm, I think I'm more excited about the Project Morpheus. My my thing about the Oculus is I would consider it if I can get it for maybe a little bit cheaper than that, and if the PC is like Mac Mini size, which it's not going to be, right? I want a small computer. I'm not going to buy like a big tower for this thing. That's crazy. I would want something that would be small enough that it would fit where my consoles go. You know, we'll see. Speaking of uh, PlayStation, No Man's Sky, mm. you know, this a game. Favorite, a favorite game. So the the New Yorker, of all <laughs> websites, uh, published a two, a two series, uh, like a two-post uh, two series, two parts of on, on No Man's Sky. And so they give out more details of the game, what you do, how it's been made. And it sounds massive so if you read the, the 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 first article the big one and then there's a second one about the sound effects in, in no man's sky basically uh, the company hello games they i mean we talked about procedural design and everything but they basically made a system to recreate the universe and like the entire rules of the universe so how cells work how animals you know uh, react to different natural conditions and how you know the weather works or oxygen or like how chemicals react with each other it's it's basically like the recipe of life in a game and it's it, it's still difficult to wrap my head around this and so go read the article and then go check out the, the sound samples from SoundCloud because they even found a way to make, uh, you know, sounds and, and, and like noises and, and the atmosphere uh, procedural. And it's all artificial made 
by a computer, uh, but it sounds real. And there's two sound snippets. The first one is terrifying, is from... So they hired this, you know, sound expert from, I think, Microsoft uh, to work on this algorithm for making uh, real naturalistic sounds. And the first one is terrifying. It's basically like a person screaming. And the second one is the sound of nature with, you know, dinosaurs and other animals like birds in the sky. It's, it's, it sounds real and it sounds actually surreal because, you know, it sounds like, like Jurassic Park in the sky, and I don't know. I'm just so excited about what they're doing. I still, I mean, go read the the details on the amount of planets that you can visit. And it's just crazy. And there's huge expectations on, on this game. And, and um, as we talked about before, I'm, I'm afraid that maybe in many ways they're not going to meet these expectations. Uh, but I'm still excited. And what they built, they have like a, an equation to like a bunch of lines of code, not even too many lines of code to basically create life in the game. Do we have any idea of the release date? No, <laughs> not at all. And they seem to be taking their time refining the tiniest details. I want them uh, to do that. Yes. But I still yeah. want the game. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I want them to make it perfect because this is the type of game, you know, we speak about this every single time. You can get this so wrong. Yeah. It's uh, it's very tricky. Yep. So we want it to be just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm also kind of scared that they're trying to, you know, do too much. We'll mm-hmm. see. Mike, you mentioned that you received some Amiibo today, and I have an Amiibo-related link. It's actually just basically, you know the Yoshi game? The one that I'm getting the woolly Amiibo for. Yes. (laughs) So, if you use different Amiibo in this game, Nintendo posted a video. Um, This is super cute. You can have... Mario and Link-like amiibo for Yoshi in the game. It's, it's, diff- it's difficult to explain, and it's also it's, it may yeah. be a little bit sad. Basically, if you have they've they've got three Donkey Kong, Mario, or uh, Link amiibo, and you you use those amiibo on the gamepad whilst playing Yoshi's Woolly World, the Yoshi in the game dresses up like those characters, so it's like a little Mario Yoshi. And it's made of made of yarn, but and when so, I first saw the video, I thought they were making those, and it made me so sad because I wanted I would have bought all of them. It's just too cute, but they're super cute, and it's I like this. This is the more they're doing with Amiibo, the better it is getting, right? I mean, that is a thing that they are finally understanding some of the stuff that they can do with it. It's still insane that you can only register one Amiibo per game, and I hope that they change that at some point, but it seems like Nintendo are, locking, are really locking in now to what what makes Amiibo fun and a tangible thing that people want to play with. And I think that this is it. I think the integration in Splatoon is probably the best um, because it actually unlocks levels and weapons. Like, that's hmm. perfect, yeah. right? That is the yeah. type of thing that Amiibo should be doing, not just character suits. Yeah. You know? True. And that's about it for, for the links this week, Mike. 
cool. We've both been playing some stuff this week, so we're going to do an extended what we've been playing after we take a moment to thank our friends over at Igloo, the internet you'll actually like for sponsoring this episode. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk, chained to your chair to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting. If it's boring, you don't want to pay attention. You can share status updates from your phone as you're walking right out of the door of the office, and you can access the latest version of a file from home, which you can do in your pajamas if you like, because nobody will know because Igloo doesn't let people know you have pajamas on, which is good. These days, everything is mobile. Your work should be too, and that's what Igloo can help you do. If you've ever looked at your intranet and thought, whoever designed this must actually hate me because this is so ugly then you don't need to worry anymore. Those days are over with Igloo because they make your intranet feel like a place you actually want to be in. It's surprisingly configurable. You can completely rebrand it to give it the look and feel of your team. And thanks to something that they call group spaces, which are, you can give role-based access permissions and an easy drag-and-drop widget ed- editor, which means that you can basically create all these group spaces for people. So this team sees this stuff, this team sees this stuff. You can make it fit exactly how your teams work within your business. We're so mobile these days, Igloo knows all of this, and people uh, always, br- like, something that we're doing a lot now is, like, we have these little silos where our documents are, you know, Box and Google Drive and Dropbox. One of the problems in big companies now is people are using these to store work stuff. This can be a disaster, because you don't want it mixed up with personal data, you don't want it falling into the wrong hands. You don't have to worry about this Igloo because Igloo allows you to integrate services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox right into their platform. It's super secure. If you know terms like 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and Active Directory integrations, then you will know just how safe and secure Igloo is. If you don't know what that means, just take my word for it. With Igloo, you can share files with your co-workers for all of you to collaborate on. You can also track who's read them with red receipts. This can be super useful for making sure that Bobby and Accounting has finally signed that document that he needs to see. It's time to break away from an internet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try it for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Go to igloosoftware.com slash virtual today. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Love Igloo. Yeah. Great sponsor. Yeah, they're great people. So, I downloaded Lifeline. I haven't played it yet, but I think you've you've still like been causing yourself emotional turmoil. Yes, I'm. I'm still talking to Taylor in the I, game. I was telling Adina about your experiences, and she thought it sounded fascinating. Oh, the the real life kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, googling information. Yeah, yeah, she she thought that was incredible. Yeah, I didn't didn't have uh, any more of those moments, but I, I I think it'll it'll come back soon enough. Uh, basically, um, I, I I managed not to kill Taylor again. Good work. So that's that's good. Thank you. Good 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 stuff here. Uh, still alive, still walking around on this planet. Uh, not sure what I'm supposed to do. And this is something that I noticed a couple of times. Um, I wanted to go explore the planet and there's something weird going on with some sort of magnets and like the compass is broken and at some point we found a spaceship from other people like from a Japanese crew and Taylor basically was super uh, scared by this other spaceship and I wanted him to go in there and then I, I thought maybe I'm gonna you know it's gonna die again because of my curiosity so I told him to back off and continue walking and he continued walking and he told me yeah I wanted to go to this mountain peak in you know on the on the horizon but he but can't climb 
It, yeah, but maybe this one is different. <laughs> maybe this one. Maybe, maybe there's a path, or maybe there's something or someone along the way. The problem is today. He told me the more I keep walking, the more like I'm not walking because I don't see, I don't see you know this peak approaching. It's still there. It's like I haven't moved at all. So I I decided to uh, you know to have him come back and just ignore the mountain peak, go back to the original campsite, and we'll see what happens. And, like, I'm noticing that I'm thinking about this person's safety. And because, you know, I, I, I killed him essentially once, and I don't want that to happen again. I want to, I want to know what's the deal with this uh, spaceship crash. I want to know what's the deal with this planet. And now I'm like, I'm second guessing all my decisions in this game. And I feel like the game tries to uh, give you hints like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be walking this much or maybe it's getting dark and I need shelter and I need to sleep. So the game kind of, you start to see like the little suggestions that the game gives you. So I'm thinking about that stuff now and I'm, you know, still still going. We'll, we'll see how it ends. We'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see what you, uh, what you make of it, like yeah, the decisions I, you take and stuff. I haven't started it yet. I don't know why, but every time I hear you talk about it, it just sounds incredible. I don't know why I haven't started playing. I don't know. I, these things, I'm like, it does sound like an emotionally draining thing, and it's like it's constantly happening. Yes. So that is what intrigues me, but also in some weird way is keeping me away from it. Not as emotionally draining as The Last of Us. No. You know? Because The Last of Us, it's like there's no stress relief <laughs> at any point okay. it's like a constant uh you know fear and anxiety and you know being alone in this game it's emotionally draining in a different way it's emotionally draining in the sense that you always need to think about this person it's not scary or you know there's no anxiety it's just um it's a it's a it's a game about responsibility that's why it's draining because you you play games to kind of, you know, unplug from real responsibilities. And this game makes you think again about your responsibilities for this person, which is interesting for a video game. And it's definitely one, the most unique game I've played so far this year, the most different game I've experienced on iOS in 2015 so far. Very, very strange. Mm. Very strange game. I've also, so this is switch gears a little. Um, I've been playing a game on my, app, on my Apple Watch, but it's not a game in the traditional sense. It's a brain training game. So I told you before, big fan of Elevate, which is this brain training game for iOS, has lots of courses, lots of topics. It's very, very nice. Awesome interface design and sound effects. I love the mini games. They go from speaking to writing to math to calculating tips to doing percentages to doing proportions to doing, you know, syntax. It's got a whole range of topics that you can improve yourself. And of course, I'm better at writing and speaking than, you know, calculations and stuff. Uh, and they have an Apple Watch version. I was super skeptical of this, but it, it turns out I think it's one of my most used apps on the Apple Watch. So you open the game, and it's uh, each mini game, it's three taps. 
So you're given, I don't know, like a, like a spelling mini game on the Apple Watch. They give you three words and you have like three seconds to pick the, the good, uh, you know, the, the correct version of the word. And three words, three seconds each. So test 10 seconds, you're done. And the these mini, mini games, basically, they count against your uh, progression and your score in the Elevate app on the iPhone, which makes the Apple Watch version perfect for like, do you have a minute? Are you, I don't know, are you waiting in line at, a, at the traffic lights? Are you waiting at the, at the cash register somewhere? Just, you know, make a... Have a, have a few mini games on your Apple Watch, and then maybe when you, when you come back home, you can you can sit down, have your daily longer elevate session. And on the Apple Watch, it's very well done, super simple. You just need to tap. Uh, awesome animations on the Apple Watch. I don't know how they're making those because mm. it's as we know, it's just images, but they have a full range of animations. Uh, so very well done, very uh, good companion on on for the iPhone app and. They they put a lot of thought into the into this uh, Apple Watch version. Super simple interactions. I'm a I'm a big fan. Awesome. Yeah. So I have a couple of uh, iOS games that I wanted to mention. Just briefly mention. You have today. a lot of games today, Mike. To yeah, mention. the couple up. One I've been playing uh, for a couple of days, and two I downloaded this morning. With uh, I think there was like a the App Store update today or yesterday, and there's a couple of games that just interested me because of history I have with them. So um, the first one I want to talk about is a game I've been playing for a few days called Ball King. So it's very very similar to Crossy Road. In that, so basically, this game it's a it's a basketball shooting game. So you have to throw mm. basketballs into a basket, right? It's very difficult. Um, my high score is ten, which can be days and days and days. Usually, it's like two or three, like that I can mm. get in. So you basically have to like aim and set like the distance and that kind of stuff and shoot. It's mm-hmm. a simple game to play. It's a very simple game to play, um, but it has. Uh, unlockable balls and characters, right? So funny balls and stuff that you can unlock, mm-hmm. like the characters in Crossy Road, and you collect coins, yeah. uh, and those coins let you, they give you a, a, like once you get, it's exactly the same as Crossy Road, once you get 100, you can get a, new, it, get a random character, you can buy extra ones, it's like that model, but it's a great fun game. But well, this uh, looks nice. Yeah, it's, it's clearly inspired from Crossy Road, but in a good way. It does everything in the same way. It has like ads to get more coins if you want to watch videos. Um, you can buy a thing for two, two, three dollars to double the coins that you collect, that kind of thing. How uh, did you find this game? It was on the uh, Great New Games section. I look at that oh. every week. Oh, nice. And see what icons jump out at me and then take nice. a look at them, which is how I also found the next two. Uh, Geometry Wars is back. Have you ever played Geometry yeah. Wars? Yeah, back in the day. Not not on iOS, but I used to. So I, my first real experience with Geometry Wars is when it came back the first time for like Xbox and stuff. Yeah. Um, and now, so we have a new dual stick uh, arcade shooter here, which is amazing, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. And what I like about it the most is you pay for the game. There's no IAP or anything like that. It's not one of those sort of games like when people, like when these big companies take a good game and turn it into crap. This is, mm-hmm. I played only a couple of levels today, but it's exactly what I want from Geometry Wars, and I'll be playing more of it. Nice. 
Um, and then the final one I've seen this being spoken about is Portal Pinball. So Zen, I think it's the Zen Pinball people have made yeah. a pinball table from the game of Portal. And so it's it looks really good. Um, it's got all of the sounds and the, the voices and stuff from, from Portal. So it's fun to be back in that world again, um, even in like a strange pinball kind of way. Like it's got portals in it. It's got like the goo in it and stuff like that. Um, now I'm sure if you're a really good pinball player, then you'll find some really exciting things in there. Nice. Yeah, I gotta check out all these games, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> so the last thing for me is Splatoon. Mm-hmm. So I tell, got, tell me all about this game. I wasn't expecting it to come today. I don't think it's out today. No, I think it's out today. In, in, at least in America, it's the uh, okay. 29. Okay, right? so it arrived this morning then, which is good. Uh, I don't think it comes out here until the 1st, or it might mm-hmm. just be on the eShop first. Anyway. Oh, okay. Uh, but it arrived today with my Amiibo on my shirt, which mm-hmm. is cool. I'm pleased that I have those. Um, so I was very excited to play it, so I just booted it up straight away. And I was really surprised by the first thing that you see. So the first warning that you see, it says, you may see product placement and advertising in this game. What? <laughs> I know. Seriously? Yeah. Did you see ads? I haven't seen any, but what I expect, if that's like not in it, there already, is like the clothing and stuff. There might be brands. Like real brands? Like it's not a joke? It's It was a serious message. It was like the first one oh, was in a black box. Wow. You had to press A to continue. It says you may see product placement and advertising. Wow, okay. <laughs> I was really, that's... I was like, it doesn't bother me. But I was like, that is weird to see, but it's there. Yeah, especially in a, in a console game that you pay a lot of money for, you know? It doesn't... These things don't bother me so much, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, it's not like it kills me. As long it's as it's just... not in your face. Like, if the idea is that I can get Converse shoes or whatever, then I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's that would be cool, yeah. <laughs> or if the billboards that are around the town have real ads on them, like, but they're in the style of the game. Like, I'm cool with that kind of stuff because it makes the world feel a bit more real. So the first thing you do is you go into a tutorial mode. Um, and I was really worried in the tutorial mode because they have you moving the gamepad to aim, which is mm. not my bag, but you can change it. So you can change it from motion control to like left and right stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got way easier to play after that, which I was happy about. So you play that, then it um, puts you into the town, the little, like uh, I can't remember what it's called now, but the little plaza area where you've got all the shops and stuff. Um, and it shows you some things that you can do, right? It gives some hints. Like there's like this news broadcast where it's like mm-hmm. weird things have been happening in this area and this area. So giving you like hints of things to go and try out. Um, so the first thing it kind of says to you to do is like go play a game, like go play online. So I went into the area to play online and couldn't connect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I left and then I looked on the, the gamepad has a, because you can walk around in the world and go to these different areas. You can go try to look at the shops. You can go to the plaza. You can go to different parts of it. But on the gamepad screen, there's just quick shortcut buttons, which is great. Mm-hmm. So you can go like plaza, uh, weapon store, like you can just press them. And one of them, I can't remember exactly what it said, but I clicked it and it's the single player missions. So there are single-player missions in this game. Yeah, I signed the reviews. A lot of people praised yeah. the single-player section. Because it exists, fundamentally. Because I didn't think <laughs> it was going to be there. But yeah, it's like a platformer. and it's, I played that first, and it was a good way to get myself accustomed with the game. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't tell you to do this. It actually just hints that this exists. I think the game should start you off with this. Because you have to kind of get used to the 
game a little bit more than the tutorial gives rather than throwing you straight into online that seems like a no. bit a bit daunting to me um but i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed that part um so you're kind of running around and trying to collect up these things so basically in the, in the single player mode can you can you shoot ink yeah, it's the same okay. mechanics. You're, you, but you're fighting. You're going from what platform to platform, defeating enemies. Oh, okay. Basically. So how's the how's the graphics on a, on an actual television and your Wii U? It looks like a great Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, super polished and colorful. It's and... very nice looking. It's really colorful. I mean, the great thing about this game is that the world fills with color and it's really interesting to see all that happen. Um, and the characters are really well animated and stuff. The only place that I've seen graphical slowdown is when I'm walking around the plaza area, which is really weird that mm. that's the place. But yeah. that is populated, not by... So it's, it's populated by other characters, but it's not real people walking around in there. But the characters that are in there are displaying those little pictures that people can draw. Hmm. You know you can draw like little pictures and share them. Yeah. So it's doing that, and it's also people are talking like they're communicating with each other. I don't really understand why it's showing me this stuff, but that seems to be impacting performance of that area, which is weird because the online games don't have that issue. I did. It was really weird. When I lost connection at one point, I could still run around the world, but I couldn't shoot ink, and then it threw me out of the game. I only lost connection once, and I played maybe six or seven games online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's my connection. I don't think it's Nintendo's problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does look really good, and it sounds really good. The music is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, the music is so good. I'm already like humming along to the songs when I'm playing them. It's really, really great. Um, but the online mode is is brilliant. It's oh, yeah? so much fun. Yeah, tell me, tell me, because you know you you don't play online often. Uh, with, no. with the Wii U, I think. So tell me, how did it go? So the only mode that I've played so far, I don't know if there is other modes. I think there is. Actually, yeah, I think there is. I just haven't played them. It's basically the one where two teams try and cover as much of the ground as possible. Right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the main yeah. online mode. Um, so you, you, you're in two randomly assigned teams. You can play with friends, but I don't have any friends at the game yet, I don't think. Uh so basically, you just start off and you just got to go. So you, you start off in either sides of the map and you kind of run to the middle, effectively, trying to cover as much of the world as you can of ink. So the first thing that everybody does is cover all of the immediate area, right? Because it's basically okay. like your base. So everyone covers the immediate area and then runs to the middle and then it's just like war, right? So there's like bombs flying around. You've got the guys with the rollers. You've got snipers. Like it's just, there's just ink flying everywhere. And you can cover, you can shoot people, right? So you can shoot them and, and they explode and then you respawn. Doesn't feel pressured and it doesn't feel violent. Um, it feels like a fun game. And, and they're also, because the mechanics are simple, right? The way that you move and shoot. There's none of this like, I'm going to run behind you and stab you in the back. Or... Mm. I'm going to shoot out from the top of a roof and jump on your head and stab you. There's none of that. That's all like, I'm going to run up to you and hit you with a gun to kill you just because I can. Like that, There isn't that kind of mechanic in the game, so people can't do it. So like the only thing you can do, which is something that I do, I think it's something that everyone will do, is you just jump down as the squid and try and get away as quickly as you can. Or like, 
something that I've done is like you're shooting at someone, you're shooting at someone, like you're trying to get away from each other. And then I realize that there's like this wall or an obstacle, but my colored ink is around the other side of the obstacle. So I just jump in, spin around and behind them and shoot them. Right. But it's much more playful in the way that it's made and the mechanics are made that it work. It just works. And, and it sounds like there's a lot of strategy going on. There is strategy if you... Yeah, of course there's strategy because it's online gaming. But it, the, the strategy is simple and it's the, everyone's following the same thing. Like, got to get as much of it colored as you can. So maybe try and get into area. Because like one of the things you could do is you could hide, right? You could just run around for all the little corridors, don't go into the middle. And then what you will be doing is just painting as much of the area as possible, which is as helpful as trying to stop people from advancing. So you can choose to play the game in slightly different ways. Does that make sense? Because yeah, effectively, yeah, yeah. that game mode, you need to have as much of the area covered as possible. And there's there's only ever eight people on the field at a time, and the fields are quite big. So you could hide and run around and try and get things. You know. That's. I mean, I I need to get this game. You really do. Yeah, this... I'm, I'm. I don't know when I'm going back to be turbo, so I need to go to my guy, and and buy Splatoon. I, I cannot wait to play more of this game. Seriously, it's fast. It's just fascinating and excellent, and I love it. Are you Are you happy that you're playing again on your Wii U? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm base me. I'll be playing this with Adina this weekend, definitely. Uh, there, there's a one-on-one multiplayer. That mm-hmm. you can play local, um, and I'm going to convince her to play, and we'll play the game this weekend because I think that she'd really enjoy it. Because this is why I think it's accessible because it is it is a first person shooter without with so much of the stress removed. Yeah, and the fine skill that you need is not. There. And maybe I don't know if it's just the the mechanics or the colorful graphics, uh, or maybe just because it's Nintendo. Uh, but it sounds like there's no negativity you know like when you play call of duty there's a lot of like angry teenagers that they yeah, say because you can't talk things. to each other <laughs> right there's no voice chat which was yeah. a genius move i think that is exactly how it should have been i think that is a that is a this is a pure good nintendo like idea and, and thought and just and like the way that they've gone through this because this is exactly how it should be exactly how it should be yeah, because the idea with voice chat in, in games like Call of Duty is you can talk you, to your team members and you can set up a strategy, you know, you can give instructions and stuff. The problem is people abuse, you know, voice chat uh, because, you know, stupid people like to insult other people. And so it's, it's I think, hearing from you, it, it is refreshing to hear that Nintendo has made a different shooter and... Like, it makes me wish that Nintendo had more, uh, you know, like, unique takes on existing genres with new brands, new games, new characters. Like, why can't they do, like, a different take on a sports game or a different take on a, on a, on a, on a, like, on an adventure game, you know? 
Yeah. I, I want to see Nintendo experiment more. And it sounds like Splatoon is one of those experiments that I want to see and that I want to play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds fun. I looked at the videos. I'm, I, I, I spent a couple of days ago, like half an hour, looking at videos from people and the trailers. It looks fantastic. And it looks different. And like it looks like there's a lot of depth when it comes to items and equipments and, you know, customizing your own, uh, your character. So, yeah, I... I, I we I think we need more of these games from Nintendo. It'd be interesting to see if they do some kind of iOS companion, you know? Because it's a new Nintendo, new new franchise on Wii U, new games coming to mobile. I mean, it would be a it would be an interesting match. I don't know how. Well, they maybe... would do it if they can get what they want out of it because clearly Nintendo thinks Splatoon is the this is the new big franchise, right? I was just looking at Polygon's review because I wondered what they scored it. And the intro is saying that this is the first internally developed new franchise for Nintendo in 14 years. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They've, they've, they're, I think that they're putting a big bet on this. And, I mean, I haven't had a lot of time with it, so I don't want to hedge my bets, but I think rightly so. This is yeah. something that is different enough, and it is a category that Nintendo needs and they have done it in a Nintendo way yeah so. yeah I agree so you will you will be playing with your girlfriend yep. over the weekend you yep. will be you will be like a a squid couple yeah we are <laughs> it was interesting as well because I got the girl character I like yeah. the, the, the amiibo uh, I'm playing as the girl in the game I don't know why Perfect. it just felt right and I like it yeah it's nice. I think it, I think uh, it looks it looks uh it's more cool. It's it's cool, you know. It's yeah. I prefer the look of the of the female character in the yeah, game. Yeah, because she's got like the long squid. Yeah, hair. yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, it's worth noting that we're going to be away for a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah. There's because, because of WWDC, Mike is going around yeah, the world again. <laughs> I'm I'm going to San Francisco, and it's we, basically it's going to be really difficult for us to record this next week because I'm traveling, and then the week of WWDC. We're not going to be focused on video games, I think is probably no. a fair thing to say. Federico gets super busy. I'll be in San Francisco. So what we're going to do is, because obviously the biggest thing for virtual is E3, right? So E3 week, we're going to have two episodes. So we're going to be back on June 16th, mm-hmm. and we'll be doing a kind of E3 preview and also talking about Nintendo, because they'll yeah. be direct that day which is yeah. great, so we'll be able to talk about the Nintendo news. And then we'll be doing another episode at the end of the week on the 19th that will wrap up everything else that we've seen at E3, yes. so like Xbox and PlayStation. So we want to focus all of our efforts on that, so we're going to have a really wicked E3 week for you with, yes. uh, with Virtual. So we'll be back. We'll be away for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back with two killer episodes, I think. Yeah. This year we have an actual E3 strategy, and, yeah. and, and, and I feel good about it. <laughs> 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 you know, rather than, <laughs> we actually planned this time. Yes, uh, rather than just I feel going like we're it. I feel like we're growing up. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> we're making plans. Um, <laughs> so yes, cool. All right. If you want to catch us online, uh, I'm I'm like I am yke on Twitter. Federico's at Vitici. Our show V I T I C C I. Our show notes are at relay.fm slash virtual slash forty, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Till then. Say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.